0: here's what I want you to do. Visit activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and get 20% off your order when you use code JOYFUL. Again, that's www.activeskinrepair.com. Find out more about the product and get 20% off your order when you use the code JOYFUL. A lot of what we're asking our teens to do sucks for them. Even though we have their health and well being in mind, they are rubbing up against teen brain development. And that teen brain development moves them towards connecting with their peers, seeking novelty and dopamine hits. Hello, TikTok. They don't have the skills they need to disengage. And sometimes we don't either. Validating their experience matters. hello my friends hello welcome welcome back to joyful courage a conscious parenting podcast where we tease apart the challenges and nuances of parenting through adolescence i am your host casey O'Rorty, positive discipline trainer adolescent lead at sproutable a company that represents not only the growth of children but also the journey and evolution that we all get to go through as parents along for the ride I am walking the path right next to you as I navigate the teen parenting with my own two kids here in the gorgeous and today's sunny Pacific Northwest. Joyful courage is all about grit, growth on the parenting journey, say it with me, relationships that provide a sense of connection and meaning and influential tools that support everyone in being their best selves. Thank you for being here. We are over a million downloads and 300 plus episodes strong. And you, listener, you have taken us to the top 1% of podcasts worldwide. That's a big deal. I appreciate you. I'm so excited to be back again with you today. Today is the third of six solo shows Where I am focused on alternatives to punishment, the shifting of the mindset around how to be in response to our kids' behavior and what to do in those hot, tense moments. As a disclaimer, as I've mentioned before, I'm not a therapist or a doctor. And if you are feeling like your child is in harm's way due to the behavior they are currently exhibiting, I would encourage you to reach out to a medical or mental health professional. I am a parent coach. I am a positive discipline lead trainer and I am the mom of two teenagers and I've been through the gauntlet my friends so I am coming at you with that resume I'm also deeply deeply invested as you know in supporting parents through the teen years I'm so glad that you're here enjoy the show mm. Hello there. Hello there, my friends. So glad to be back with you and loving, loving all the feedback that I'm getting about this little limited series. Thank you so much for sharing on your socials, for commenting on my posts, sending me emails. It all matters so much to me and lets me know that what I'm creating is making a difference in your life. You are the best, you are the best. So the first few episodes of this series, go back and listen to 318 and 319 if you haven't already. The first few episodes set the foundation for where we're going. The foundation of my work is positive discipline. Positive discipline centers, as a reminder, centers relationship and life skills. Positive discipline is long-term parenting with the compass focused on long-term results we want to grow functioning contributing members of society right that's the goal the goal is that our kids grow into adults with tools like critical thinking and personal responsibility and self-awareness right confidence all those things that's the foundation. Punishment, as we're talking about in this series, Alternatives to Punishment. Punishment, yes, can be effective in the short term, but as I asked last week, what's the cost, right? Well, today we are going to pivot into another way of thinking about being with our kids and with their behavior. Today we're going to talk about kindness and firmness. Kindness and firmness, both and, is one of the pillars of positive discipline and a really tough one, a tricky one, a slippery one to put into practice. Now, this isn't the first time I've talked about kindness and firmness. I've done lots of podcasts about kindness and firmness and being the operative word in that phrase, kind and firm at the same time. So just to review, kindness is connection to and respect for the needs of the child, the teen, the human in front of us, right? That's the kindness piece. Firmness is connection and respect for the needs of ourselves and others and the situation you find yourselves in. Positive discipline is about being kind and firm at the same time. This is also a way to think about mutual respect. I'm gonna respect the person in front of me and the needs of the person in front of me. I'm going to respect myself, my needs, and the needs of the situation. This is about love and boundaries, right? Love and boundaries, kind and firm. Parents want to know all the time. I get questions in live classes, in in in-person stuff, you know, in the Joyful Courage for Parents of Teens podcast group, in my DMs, what do you do when blank. Like, what do you do when you find out your kid is vaping? What do you do when you find out your kid isn't turning in assignments or skipping school or sneaking out? Fill in the blank, right? We want to know, we're desperate to know sometimes, what do we do? What do we do in these situations where we find ourselves confronted by behavior that is undesirable, right? Not the behavior we want our kids are engaging in. And while this is you know, a valid question, Yes, but when this is the question that we're sitting in, when we're asking this question, we're missing the mark. So when these things come up in my house, things like vaping and getting behind in school and sneaking out, when these things come up in my house, they have, you know, my experience initially is I feel scared and rigid, right? Like my whole body tightens up. I have a wave of fear and rage. And then that's when I'm like, ah, what do I gotta do? What do I do to him, right? What do I do to him? And then in those times when I'm willing to be present and mindful of the experience that I'm having, when I can notice like, whoa, I'm really tight, I'm really pissed, I'm really rigid, I'm noticing that my brain is going to, I gotta lay down the law. And I notice that, that is an indication that I need to pull back my shoulders, open my chest, feel my feet, lean back, take breaths, calm down, calm my nervous system, self-regulate, when I can do that, I can acknowledge that, okay, I'm in a fear response. Because here's the deal, navigating mischief, misbehavior while you are, you parent, are dysregulated is no bueno. And it leads to blaming and shaming every single time, right? So we've got to get in touch with our own self-awareness and start to really pay attention to when we're on that runaway train, that emotional freight train. And we've got to be willing to regulate before we navigate what's happening in front of us. So we regulate from that more regulated place. My experience when I'm there, I say something like, you know, I know you've been vaping. Tell me about that. Or tell me about what's happening with school. Or so you snuck out the other night and that got me really scared. You know, tell me, give me the deets. What, tell me about that. Tell me what was going on. Right. And I ask these questions. I invite them into talking to me about it because I want the information because I want to understand more about what's going on for my child. I want to go under the iceberg. The more angry and confrontational I am, the less likely that it is that my child will feel safe enough to let me in, to trust me, which will actually decrease the likelihood that I will have any influence over their future actions. Okay, so I'm gonna say that again. Like the questions, first of all, I think it's really important to let our kids know what we know. Like I know that you snuck out. I know that you're behind in school. I know that you've been experimenting with pot or alcohol or vaping. I know this to be true and I'm curious about it. Can we talk about it? Notice my tone notice my center of gravity, right? I'm not up and big and like, what is going on? I'm really like, I'm curious. I'm curious about that. And of course, there's room for emotional honesty. I'm scared about this. And I want to understand more about what's going on for you that's pulling you in this direction, right? I want information. I want to understand, So we're going to play a little bit with this in the context of kindness and firmness, right? I'm going to lead you through an activity that we do in positive discipline classes that is useful in landing this concept, right? Landing this concept. Because kindness and firmness, here's the thing, and perhaps you've heard me say it before, and yay, you're listening, keep listening. We tend to be pretty good at kind, right? We know how to connect with our kids. Usually sometimes in the teen years, this gets difficult because they push us away, right? So it can feel a little like, ah, I'm not really sure how to connect with my teen right now, but we know what it looks like, right? And we know what firm looks like. Many of us were raised in a firm household and, you know, sometimes we misinterpret these things. So kindness can sound like niceness and firmness can sound like meanness right? So we swing into niceness because we don't want to be mean, or we swing into meanness because we're scared and we don't want to be too nice. We want our kids to know that we really are serious about, you know, what's going on. So we're going to play with this. We're going to play with this because kindness does not equal niceness and firmness does not equal meanness, okay? So here's what we're going to do. I want you, listener, to drop into your teen self, Okay. If it's safe, I want you to close your eyes, pause for a moment, and just imagine being a teen. I don't want you to be your teen because then you're thinking about like, well, how would they feel? I want you to be inside of the experience. I want you to be a teen. Okay. I'm going to interact with you as a parent, and I want you to notice how what I say to you feels. I want you to notice what you're thinking about me and about yourself. and what my behavior might be inviting you to do, okay? So again, I'm gonna share some feedback and you're gonna notice as a teen, best you can in the role play, how you're experiencing it. Feelings, thinking, deciding. Here we go. Listen, I'm not gonna say this again. Get off your phone and go to bed. If you don't stop with that attitude, you can just forget about going out this weekend you better help out around here or you know what? I'm not going to pay for driver's ed. I don't really care if you don't want to sit at the table with us. Head over to the kitchen now. If you are not home by curfew tonight, you will never get to go out again. And I mean it. You said you would unload the dishwasher. I don't want to hear any back talk. Do it. You're vaping? Are you an idiot? Why would you do something so stupid? You think I'm gonna spend money on you when you're always so moody and rude and disrespectful to me? All right, take a breath. All right, now, as the teenager in this situation, hearing that feedback from your parent, how did it feel? What were you thinking about me, about yourself? What were you deciding to do? If you can, I would encourage you to pause the podcast and grab a pencil and a piece of paper and write down your experience. How did it make you feel? What were you thinking about me, about yourself? And what were you deciding to do? Now, what typically happens, what I typically hear from parents who do this role play exercise in the classes that I teach is really a variety of responses and feedback. So when I say, how did that feel? Feelings often include powerlessness, sense of powerlessness, defiance, anger, feelings of being scared, misunderstood, alone, disconnected, all right? So those are some of the feelings that come up for people that do this role play as the teenager. And then when I ask about thoughts, like, what were you thinking? Thoughts often center on, and you can see it if this matches your experience, thoughts in that role play for the teenager are, I can't trust my parents. Well, she doesn't get me. I am bad. I am worthless. I can't do anything right. My mom is so unreasonable. My mom doesn't like me, right? And then decisions, the decisions that people make during the role play You know, sometimes it's like, well, I would begrudgingly follow through with what my parents asking me to do. Sometimes that comes up, but most of the time people decide to just keep doing whatever it is they're doing. They don't feel like their parent really cares. So why should they? When I ask parents after that round of overly firm, that's what I delivered was this overly firm feedback. And they're the teen. If they feel connected to me, if they felt connected to their parent, if they felt like they mattered... Volunteers overwhelmingly respond with no. Is this what we want? Do we want more disconnection? Do we want our kids to feel like they are insignificant and don't matter? No, right? So we're going to play now with a contrast. We're going to play some more with this. So again, I'm going to invite you to be the child. You're the teenager. I'm the mom. So dropping into that teen experience as you receive feedback from me again. Okay, here we go. You know, I don't know why you don't listen. It makes me super sad. Keep your phone, but just promise me that you'll get to sleep at a decent time. I don't know what I did to deserve the attitude you give me. It really hurts my feelings, and I sure do wish you'd be nicer to me. Well, if you could just pick one thing to help out and do at some point, that'd be great. I really wish you'd sit at the table with the family, but yeah, you can just skip dinner and sit in your room again. Why can't you be home by curfew? I wait up all night for you. Don't you know that I'm worried? Don't you care about my experience? You said you would unload the dishwasher and now you don't want to. You know, I guess I'll just do it this time. Oh, oh, that's your friend's vape? Yeah, I I knew you would never do something like that. You know, I make all your meals, I fold your laundry, I clean your room, I make sure you have gas money. I thought that would be enough for you to be nicer. All right, take a breath. Now again, as the teenager in that situation, hearing that feedback from me, how did it feel? What were you thinking about your mom, about yourself? What were you deciding? And if you can, I would encourage you to pause the podcast and write down your experience. What I typically hear from parents who do this second round of the role play exercise is, again, a variety of feedback. The second round, parents as teens feel powerful You know, like they're holding the power. Sometimes they feel annoyed by me, dismissive of me, irritated. They might feel guilty, definitely feeling disconnected. Thoughts after the second round often center on God, my mom is so whiny. She's such a pushover. I can do what I want. She really only cares about her experience. She doesn't care about me. I am selfish. So, a variety of thoughts, which sometimes include those. And the decisions, again, also range. Some people during the role play, again, also begrudgingly through the guilt trip, follow through and do what the parent asks, but have very little respect for the parent. Most decide to just ignore the parent. They feel like the parent's going to make it all about them. And there's really isn't anything. I mean, whatever. Their parent's just going to do their jobs for them. And if they just kind of wait it out, their parent's going to leave them alone. So again, when I asked parents after that round of overly kind feedback, so the first round was overly firm, that was overly kind. If they felt connected, if they felt like they mattered, again, overwhelmingly, the response is no. Didn't feel connected, didn't feel like they matter. And again, we're in that question of, is this what we want? Is this what we want? Disconnection and insignificance. So What can we do in these real situations that we find ourselves in? What's the alternative? Right? I got you. We're going to do a third round. Third round. Again, you're the teenager. I'm the mom. So drop into that teen experience as you receive feedback from me again. Ready? I noticed that it seems to be really hard for you to disconnect from your phone at night, and our agreement is that it's put away by 10. I can tell that you've had a rough day today, and I'm here for you. Let's take a little downtime, and then we can talk about it. You don't want to come to the table, and this is the only time we're all together as a family. Will you please pick out the background music for tonight? I know you don't want to do your chores. And what was our agreement about when they'd be done? You're not getting home by curfew, and we can negotiate it. Can we sit down and work something out that we can both live with? I know you've been vaping. Tell me a little bit about that. I'm really worried because I know how devastating nicotine addiction is. What are your thoughts? How are you thinking about it? You're feeling a lot of stress right now, and how we treat each other really matters. I'm going to take care of myself, and I'll be open to talking when we're both more regulated. All right. Taking a breath. So now this final round, as the teenager in that situation, hearing the feedback from your parent, how did it feel? What were you thinking about me, about yourself? What were you deciding? Again, pausing the podcast and write down your experience if that feels supportive for you. What I typically hear from parents after this third round of the role play, again, is a variety of feedback. Feelings include feeling seen, feeling heard, Sometimes feeling a little suspicious, right? What are you getting at? But definitely more open, more connected to their parent. Thoughts often center around my parent cares about me. She's trying to understand. I do have some power control. I might trust her. I'm not alone. I can be responsible. Sometimes thoughts are, what is she trying to get from me? Like Again, that suspicion can show up. Decisions, again, there's a range of responses that I receive from people after that third role play. Some people decide to tune out the parent because the relationship isn't there. They don't trust this response, which is especially true when we show up to these moments thinking that this is some kind of formula for getting them to do what we want. That's not what this is about. But other people feel drawn in, willing to open up. They feel more connected willing to have conversations, willing to be in relationship, a lot of willingness, right? Like who they are in the family matters, right? Their contribution matters. This round often leaves people playing the teens, feeling a sense of belonging and significance. And that is what we want most. Why? Why do we want that? Because teens with a healthy sense of belonging and significance, with the perception, the knowing that they are loved and that they have responsibility, they are much more likely to show up better, make healthier choices, and turn towards their parents when they need them. Imagine a world where everyone felt this way. I mean, it makes me a little emotional. So kind and firm alternatives to punishment include that second round was kind and firm, right? We did too firm, too kind, and then that third round was kind and firm. So we're going to tease those apart. So the first kind and firm statement that I made sounded like, it seems like it's really hard to disconnect from your phone at night. And our agreement is that it's put away by 10. So the tool here is that I'm validating the experience of my child. I'm validating, I'm seeing them. It's hard, right? It is hard. A lot of what we're asking our teens to do sucks for them even though we have their health and well-being in mind they are rubbing up against teen brain development and that teen brain development moves them towards connecting with their peers seeking novelty and dopamine hits hello tiktok they don't have the skills they need to disengage and sometimes we don't either validating their experience matters again this is not a formula you must come from an authentic place this is the biggest piece of the work. It's about connecting, attuning, and supporting our teens and feeling seen, heard, and felt. This opens them up to more conversation about willingness with cooperation. Okay? So validating feelings. The second kind and firm statement I made was, I can tell that you have had a tough day and I am here for you. Let's take a little downtime and then we can talk about it. Right, Show our understanding that we see them where they're at, similar to validating their feelings. Remember my story last week about Ian, my son, and his snarkiness? This would have been a great response to him. (laughs) Wasn't my response to him, but this would have been really useful because, again, there is a lot going on for our teens. They are navigating relationships, lots of relationships that we don't even know about. School demands, extracurriculars, even the kids that seem to have nothing going on have all sorts of things that they're thinking about, worried about, they know the future is out there. This doesn't mean that they get to lash out at us and be total assholes, but the lashing out is often connected to that inner experience they're having. What happens when we experience their attitude as an indicator that there's a lot they're navigating and meet it with compassion and understanding? How does that change the dynamic and the outcome? of the situation. I mean, we can absolutely, and I would encourage you to circle back at a different time and come up with a plan for how we're gonna let each other know that we're in a tough place in a way that can be received by the other person, right? So yes, of course, conversations about respectful communication, and sometimes we'll get it wrong. So modeling and expecting each other to own our hurtful behavior matters too, right? Making amends, reconnecting, making it right. Okay, third, tool that I used in that third round. I said, you don't want to come to the table. And this is the only time we're all together as a family. Will you pick out the background music for tonight? So this was redirection. Redirection. Remember that from the toddler years and preschool years? It's not just for littles. Sometimes we parents get hooked on the pushback our kids are giving us, and we miss the opportunity to be in our firmness simply by bypassing the pushback and giving them something to do, right? So the example that I used held the expectation while also offered my teen something to do that may or may not be enticing to them. And yes, it is a little terrifying to let my teen pick the music, but I'm open to it sometimes if it means I'm increasing their willingness to show up, right? Redirection. Then the next statement I used was, I know you don't want to do your chores. And what was our agreement about when they'd be done? follow through on advanced agreement. So this agreement word shows up again. Agreements are one of my favorite firmness tools. I go deep into co-creating agreements during episode 279. So be sure to check that out. Co-creating agreements, they're living documents that support our teens with stepping up and stepping into responsibility. Like I said, they're living documents. We tweak them On the regular, making agreements is a kind and firm tool, respectful of the needs of all involved and respectful of the needs of the situation. The firmness piece is we are going to create an agreement. Then the kindness piece is you, teen, get to have an equal voice in what it can look like, right? The next tool that I highlighted Was when I said, You are missing curfew and it's a non negotiable. So, can we sit down and work on something that we can both live with? We are creating a win win here. We're opening the door again, similar to the agreements. We're opening the door to share power. This does require us to look at where we parents are rigid or holding on tight and find some room for flexibility, being open to listen to what our teens want. In the context of curfew, Listen to your kiddo. What are they sharing about wanting to be out till the time they're out till? What are your fears? Can you share them with your teen and let them respond? Be open to what you hear. Sometimes we forget that they do actually have some skills. And so this is a great place to kind of hear those and remind ourselves, okay, yeah, they do have skills. And asking questions, being curious around like, how are you going to navigate this situation or that situation? When they see your willingness to stretch, they are more likely to show up willing to hear you and to do some stretching too. Again, it's looking for a win-win, right? And win-win doesn't mean everybody's super stoked. Win-win means like, okay, I can live with that, right? We just wanna find the things that we can both live with. And at the end of the day, when it comes to curfew, you know, if they're just adamantly like, I don't think I should have one, you know, that's a place where we get to say, well, the curfew is non-negotiable. Right. If that's what you feel good about, the curfew is non-negotiable. So how are we going to create an agreement that feels good? And it might be like we don't have like a flat curfew over here. It really depends on what my kids are going out in the world to do. Right. And it's really not an issue. You know, it's not an issue.
1: I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts, starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life
0: sucks. It. And then curiosity. I said, I know you've been vaping. Tell me about that. I'm really worried because I know how devastating nicotine addiction is. What are your thoughts? So really dropping into curiosity again, because I want information, I want information. And oh God, vaping, it's the worst, right? We've been through the vaping phase over here and it was no fun. Lots of fear and reaction on my part, especially early on, super unhelpful. It's something that many of us fly off the handle about with good reason. Nicotine is so, so addicting and those damn vape juices really entice our kids. Plus, you know, the cool cloud they get to mess around with. I know it's not that cool. It's kind of gross. But as a teen, they think it's really cool. Now, I hope that it's obvious that this is the start of a response to finding out that your kids are engaged in any kind of substance use, right? Being curious, gathering information, sharing your concerns, showing your kids that you are going to meet this behavior from a level-headed place. That's what this is. And just side note, when our kids are moving from experimental use into social or regular use, we need to step up the interventions, right? Yes, stay curious, of course, be in the conversation, but take it even further. Make sure you're looking under the iceberg. What is moving them in this direction? How are they feeling or experiencing themselves? It is appropriate to talk about safety, of course, and this could include their safety out in the world, substance use and driving, obviously don't mix. So if they're regularly using, it's appropriate to restrict access to the car keys and keep having those conversations, finding out their understanding and thoughts around safety. Kind and firm can sound like you know, you're a teenager and your brain is wired for thrill-seeking. And I get how smoking or drinking or weed smoking, whatever, can feel exciting. And I'm really concerned about your health and well-being as well as your safety out in the world. I am not okay with you putting yourself in harm's way. What are your thoughts? And remember, I did an episode earlier this year, episode 309, where I have more thoughts about this specifically centered around pot smoking. So check that out. It's tough. It's really tough. And intervene, interfere, interrupt right like it's not about good luck with that i'll be over here watching you you know fall into addiction it's not about that but it also can be counterproductive to get really crazy you will not do this i will ground you so you got to you know it depends on the kid it depends on where they are in the continuum of use If you need outside resources, find them. Get yourself educated and keep staying in relationship and connecting with your kiddo and staying curious. Okay, next tool, kind and firm tool, decide what you will do and follow through. It sounds like I know you're feeling a lot of stress right now and how we treat each other matters at our house. So I'm gonna take care of myself and we'll be open to talk when we're both more regulated. Yes, full permission to decide what you will do. Often parents complain of the endless negotiation and exhausting bending over backwards for their teens and think that is positive discipline. It's not. It isn't respectful to you when you compromise again and again and again, when you give in or hold endless space that leaves you feeling resentful and defeated. Yeah. If you're feeling resentful, that's on you. And I say that because I'm saying it to myself as well, because I do get resentful because I'm like, fine, I'll do it. And then I'm like, gosh darn, these people. And then I get to recognize, like, oh yeah, I did not respect myself. And that's why I'm feeling resentful right now. So decide what you will do and follow through. Step away, have personal boundaries and lean into them. Let your teen know you are available and expect that everyone is in a good headspace to connect and look for solutions. Woo! Kind and firm, that's some good stuff, right? Being kind and firm is an alternative to punishment, right? It's an alternative to that traditional nip it in the bud. It's respectful to the needs of our kids. It's respectful to our needs and the needs of the situation. Being kind and firm is a practice. It requires us to be willing to let go of that shoot from the hip response and to go deeper with our kids. It requires us to notice when we're taking things personally and to pivot into the experience our teens are having, not making it about us. It requires us to be authentic, to be vulnerable, and to be willing to try something different. So everyone that's listening, get it together. (laughs) Find your neutral, find your non-judgmental, find your curious place, find your kind and firm. This week, I encourage you to try this on and let me know how it goes. Validate your teens, show understanding, create win-wins. Decide what you will do and follow through. Give it a go and really commit. Let me know how it goes. Let me know your questions. Let me know your yeah buts. And just to circle back, right? This is a practice. And if you have been overly firm with your kids and now you're trying something different, they're going to expect you to fall back into your old ways. If you've been overly kind and permissive, they might not buy this whole kind and firm thing at first and expect you to go back to your old ways. This isn't a one-off, like try it once, see what happens. Like you really got to commit because your actions are what will show your teens that you're really working on showing up differently for them for the long haul. Yeah. So practice, practice, practice. Let us know how it's going in the uh, Joyful Courage for Parents of Teens group. If you're a member in the membership, you can we can talk about this more there. Shoot me an email or a DM on social media. I'm gonna keep teasing this apart with you in the weeks to come. We've got three more weeks of this series. And just a reminder, I have a live event on Tuesday, April 26th from five to 7 p.m. Pacific, I have a live free event for all of you. It's a two hour interactive online workshop where we're gonna get into creating rules and boundaries with our teens more of this firmness practice of positive discipline, I'm gonna be leading experiential activities similar to the one I did today for that podcast, but more like conversational because I'll have volunteers and there will be time for some Q&A, some active Q&A where I'll bring you on screen and we can tease apart anything that's happening for you, any questions that you're having. So if you're into it, you can sign up right now and enroll and make sure that you have a seat saved and you'll also get the replay if that time doesn't work for you. Again, that's April 26th from 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific. Go to besproutable.com slash boundaries dash tweens dash teens. besproutable.com slash boundaries dash tweens dash teens. The link will be in the show notes. I'm really excited about that. I'm hoping to have a really nice crowd there. It'll be really useful. I'm going to make a handout that goes along with it. You're going to love it. We will be back. Well, we, I, hopefully you'll be joining me next week focusing on reframing trust, mistakes as opportunities to learn, and we're gonna look at the unintended results of punishment with teens. Join me. The show will go out live on Monday. All of my love. Have a beautiful week. See you soon. Yay. Yay, we did it another week down on the podcast. Thank you for listening. I love you. I love this community. I'm so happy to bring content that matters to you. If you are not yet on my email list, get on there, get on there. I send out a newsletter every Friday with a little, usually a little story of my own parenting and just information around the podcast that week and any events that are coming up, you can sign up for my newsletter by going to besproutable.com slash teens. And when you do that, you can also sign up for seven tips over seven days to support you in nurturing stronger connections with your tweens and teens. If you feel inspired and you haven't already, or even if you have, I think you can do it twice. (laughs) Do me a favor and head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. The algorithm works. So if I get a lot of reviews, the more reviews I get, the more the show is shown to parents and I'm working really hard to stand out and make a massive impact on families. So your review helps with that. And if you're not into leaving reviews, just take a screenshot while you're listening to me on your phone, take a screenshot, post it on your social, tag me, let people know that you find value in this podcast. And don't forget, sign up for the Boundaries Workshop, April 26th. 5 to 7 p.m. PST. You can find the link in the show notes. Thank you. Thank you, Rowan, for taking care of my show notes. Thank you, Chris Mann and the team at Podshaper for making this show sound so good. Yes. All right, my friends, I will see you next week. Bye.